for our regular UK report with Brandon Smith. Good morning. Good morning. I think that's absolutely brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) It's an oldie but a goodie, isn't it? Oh, it is. No, that's that's, that's grand. Oh, fantastic. Now, of course, it is still Anzac Day or Anzac Day night where you are, isn't it? That's right, yes, just going into the evening now. And so how has all that been received where you are? Um, I think it's, uh, it's gone off quite well, especially in London. Um, we had uh, probably double the numbers of last year at the dawn service, which Princess Anne was at this morning um, at Wellington Arch in, in central London. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was actually uh, at that, and there, I reckon there probably would have been two and a half, three thousand people there. Um, which is quite a good turnout. Mm. Mm. Um, and then, of course, later in the day, we had um, the Queen at the um, Cenotaph at Whitehall, uh, and then uh, her and the Duke of Edinburgh went on to Westminster Abbey in London for for an official service. Lovely. No, well, we we were just... Day. Oh, it's been fantastic here as well, so uh, that's, that's marvellous indeed. Uh, now, how far away are your elections? They're, they're only just around the corner, aren't they? Uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're less than two weeks, so we're on the home run of craziness. <laughs> that's not far. How are things shaping up? Well, it's um, you know, you know, it's uh, when when art start, when life, sorry, starts to imitate art, um, <laughs> you know that you're starting to get a bit desperate, especially in politics. So it's been very yes ministerish. Oh, has it? <laughs> oh dear. Um, we've uh, I, I I don't know if you've heard over there. We've had a bit of a, a problem with um, um, a lot of uh, boat people coming over from Libya into Europe. Right. And a lot of people have drowned in the last couple of weeks. Yes, that's been um, incredible. Yeah, it's been very, very tragic. Mm. Um, And so Ed Miliband, the um, Labour Party leader, has tried to politicise that and started attacking the Conservative government this week, that it's their fault that uh, we have all these people uh, coming out of Libya Libya trying to get to, um, to the EU. And uh, it's the, the funny part about it is, is that Cameron has turned around and said, yes, but um, you voted for us to go in there in 2011. Yes, and, and this is so, the repercussions. <laughs> so what are you talking Unbelievable. about? Unbelievable. With us, it was a bipartisan thing mm. um, with the UN. And so, you know, but, but that's when they start to get to that point, I think it starts to show an element of desperation. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Um, now, some of the minor parties are desperate to make uh, deals uh, in order to try and get into Downing Street? Well, this is getting very, very worrying, I think. Uh, it was a concern at the beginning of the campaign, and now it's a real worry. The Scottish National Party, um, I, I not a day goes by where they don't offer to, to do a solid unification kind of deal with Labour in order to get in. And their big slogan is, you know, we will get rid of get rid of the Conservative Party from number 10, and we will put Labour in number 10. Mm. Now, the um, the way that the numbers are starting to um, show um, is, is the one thing that, that they definitely show is the amount of uncertainty um, in terms of which party is going to win. And um, if we get a dead heat, we could be in a situation where the Conservatives could actually win the election, but Labour could end up in number 10. Oh, my goodness. Because if the, if the Conservatives, they won't have necessarily have the numbers to mm. make up, like a, a couple of smaller parties, 
to get the majority of seats. Oh, and, I tell you, we've had we've had successive governments that have gone through this. Uh, you wouldn't wish that on your worst enemy, honestly. Oh, it will be the worst thing mm. for, for, for the country mm. because it will put us in an absolute chaos. So this is and, Nicola Sturgeon that wanting to do the deals, is it? That's right, mm. yes. Yeah, she's the, the head of the Scottish National Party. And, of course, she wants to get into Downing Street because she, you know, she wants to um, try and push... Um, and orchestrate for another referendum to, for Scotland to go independent. Of course, uh. the Scotlands want their cake and eat it too. They want the currency, they want to be underwritten by the Bank of England, but they want to go off on their merry way and raise taxes, but they still want a subsidy, of course. Mm. And, mm. you know, it's, it's a little bit, if you want to be independent, well, you've got to stand on your own two feet. Mm. And that, that's kind of what the English say, And uh, but the Scots kind of wanted a bit of sort of always. So um, what about what about the uh, the Liberal Democratic Party, Nick Clegg, uh, Glegg, isn't it? Yes. Um, well, they're losing seats, and I can't understand why they've had such a backlash against them, because I think, you know, as coalitions go, um, I, I think it's pretty hard to argue that the coalition with them and the, and the Conservatives this time round has gone pretty smoothly, mm. you know, as coloured coalitions go. And um, they seem to have, have, have got their, their way through the last five years all right. But he's um, been really beaten at the polls. And I think there's been a swing from, from uh, a disenfranchised from the Lib Dems because one of his uh, previous uh, election promises in 2010 was to not have university fees. And, of course, we ended up with university fees. And uh, I think he's younger voters... Um, and the university campuses have, have gone against him and they've probably mm. moved back to Labour. Mm. Um, and some of them um, have probably gone to UKIP. So he's not polling particularly well. Mm. So he may not be the kingmaker next time. Oh, OK. It's, that's why it's the thought that uh, the kingmaker will probably be Nicola Sturgeon. That <laughs> 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 so we all sort of live in fright. <laughs> As well you should. Um, now, what's this about a, one of your banks looking to, to quit the, the UK? Yeah, well, yeah, you may have mentioned, uh, I remember I, I mentioned a couple of weeks back, I think it was, about uh, the new um, tax that's being put, uh, increase in the banking levy, mm -hmm. the banks in the UK. Now, the way that is calculated uh, on UK banks is on the, their total debt not on their deposit. Right. And um, so HSBC, who are based in the UK, but do 80% of their uh, business abroad, mm. uh, are feeling that they're being penalised unfairly um, because it's hitting them more. Um, because they're being taxed on a, on, a, on, a, on a business as if they're operating completely in the UK when only a fifth of their revenue um, is, is here. Right. So they're very, very unhappy. And also, they never took any money for bailouts. They've always remained through the whole um, GFC. They yeah. remained autonomous and got through it by themselves. They never took any government money. So they're not too happy to be having to contribute to something that they've, you know, fair enough, they've said, you know, we didn't take any money. Yeah. We didn't yeah. out. So why, why should we have to pay a disproportionate amount? So their board has um, uh, commissioned a complete review to look at where the best place for them to uh, base their official sort of domiciled corporate head office would be. And what effect uh, will that have on the UK? If, if, if um, HSBC Bank quits the UK, hmm. 
will will you guys be the worse off for it, or won't you notice? I don't think uh, the day to day person on the street won't notice. No. Um, because what they will probably what they will probably do then is move H- HSBC corporate offshore, and they would probably rebrand the HSBC UK yep. branch network retail banking network. They will probably rebrand that back to Midland Bank, which is what it used to be many years ago. Uh, okay. So we may get our Midland Bank back um, while HSBC corporate. Goes off to goes elsewhere. Wherever. Okay, um, I did. Uh, I did see that Robert Downey Jr. interview where he walked out uh, about questions that related to his personal life. You were going to to make a bit of a comment on that. You might want to explain. <coughs> yeah, um, for for those people who, who may not have, Robert Downey Jr. has been in, in the UK this week and um, promoting the Avengers: Age of Ultron. Uh, movie and um, there's quite a, a well-known uh, interviewer here in the UK uh, on Channel 4 called uh, Christian Guru Murphy and um, he uh, has a habit of, of going off topic with uh, celebrities especially if they've had interesting personal lives mm. and uh, and he, he tried to do this with Downey and um, Danny sort of took the first question uh, and then after that decided to walk out. Um, uh, so I think to Guru Murthy's disbelief. Well, he, uh, I don't know if anyone did say it. I certainly did. And, and the interviewer, uh, this fellow was absolutely gobsmacked. But I yeah. thought the, the bit of a slap in the face. I mean, clearly, and I'm sure he obviously didn't read the brief because when you interview someone like Robert Downey Jr., the things that are off limits would be his drug and alcohol issues that he's had in the past. Oh, yeah. Yeah, his people would be very, very clear about what is on the table and what is off. Absolutely. There's no, there is no way you can be possibly mixed up about that. No, and um, and I, I noted when he actually stood up and sort of he looked at him very quizzically and, and then he said, oh, it's sounding a bit too Diane Sawyer-ish for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or or words to that effect. I think he handled it absolutely brilliantly for, for an actor of his calibre mm. and... He wasn't there giving an expose of, of his past um, uh, addiction problems, and they're all well accounted for. Everybody knows about them, and everybody knows about the wonderful path that he's he's made, you know, rebuilding himself, mm, mm. Um, which I'm sure has been a very difficult road. And I guess at, one, at some point, if you're in that situation, you do probably just want to draw a line under it and say, well, that was the past. You know, we're, we're, we've moved on from that. I've already given my interviews over the years about all exactly. that. So exactly, exactly. I bring up something from 10 or 15 years ago, mm. Mm. Um, and it has nothing to do with the movie. The reaction on um, social media has been brilliant um, for Robert Downey, though. But his, his fans have been very, very supportive um, and have been um, having a bit of go uh, at... Uh, uh, Christian, oh, okay. <laughs> so that's quite good. But he got himself into trouble with Quentin Tarantino as well. Oh, did he? Um, not so long ago. Um, but um, um, Mr. Tarantino was uh, not as polite <laughs> as, uh, as Robert Downey, shall we say. He let rip on a really good tirade. I, I suggest you go with Mr. Google it oh, and have a look. Dear. It's quite amusing. Ah, oh, dear, dear me. That's all show business, though, isn't it? Oh, it sure is. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, goodness. All right. And um, and just finally, I've, I've read out a little earlier um, 
about Top Gear and the fact that the co-host, James May, um, is convinced that the series won't work without sacked Jeremy Clarkson and that he predicts BBC bosses will eventually woo him back. What's the latest? Oh, well, that's just the... <laughs> I tell you, this is like, you know, um, a mixture of a country practice and Formula One and Sons and Daughters. This is just incredible what's going on with Top Gear. Um, this week, uh, Andy Wilman, who was the executive producer and a longtime friend of Clarkson, um, announced he was quitting the BBC. Yeah. Now, he's previously said he wasn't, and that wasn't an option. Um, but now he has, and he's been spotted um, with the three guys, with Richard Hammond and Jeremy Clarkson and James May, all having a meeting this week at Clarkson's flat in London. Right. Now, obviously, the rumour mill is flying because... Um, James May and, and Richard Hammond aren't renewing their contracts. So they're basically now all free. Um, um, now, there's so rumours that they could be devising something for another channel. Yes. However, on the uh, bit of an inside bit of gossip for you here, I don't mm. do this very often, but I will let you <laughs> Oh, we love it. So when Clarkson has left the BBC, he yep. was suspended from Top Gear. He wasn't actually fired. Uh, you know, stay with me here for the technicality. Mm -hmm. His contract was up for review, mm -hmm. which they just didn't happen to renew it. So technically he hasn't been sacked. <laughs> he just didn't renew his contract. Okay. Now there is little murmurings that, the, that they might let things cool down a bit yep. and come back to the BBC in a year or 18 months' time with yep. a new show and a new format. All right. Because the doors have not been closed for Carson <laughs> to go back and work for the BBC. <laughs> oh, well. As I said, I don't, I don't care how big a person is. I don't care how much money they bring in. Uh, there is no excuse for anyone to smack anyone in the face, let alone over not providing a hot meal, just a cold meal. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. just not on. So. Oh, no. He was out of order and he, he kind of got his just desserts on yeah. that. Yeah, excellent. Brandon, as always, lovely to chat. You too. Thank you for your week. update. Now, um, in case you haven't already heard, um, I won't be here next week. It's Logies. So um, I'll talk to you in a fortnight. Absolutely, Brent. Will you have a great time? I will. It won't. It won't be the Baftas like you. Like you go no, to. But I hope. I hope the girls have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> Keep them under lock and key. Ah, <laughs> uh, to yes. All right. Uh, on that note, thank you, Brandon. All right. Catch you later. Bye for now. Look Bye. forward to it. That's Brandon Smith, our UK reporter, bringing us up to date on all things happening over that side of the world.